Well, hey friends, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. Well, today we have something really exciting for you. We have a guest speaker named Mark Lewis, and so stay tuned to hear a message from him. Before I knew him uh, as his official title that he holds right now, I have known Mark Lewis almost my whole life. Uh, and to me, when I was a kid, he pastored at the same church as my dad, and he was the cool guy who was in a band and had a yellow Jeep. Uh, and that's how I knew Mark then, but now I know Mark as our assistant superintendent for revitalization for the fellowship of churches that we're part of called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And so he is kind of a pastor of pastors. He is an incredible encourager and just all around a really, really friendly, great guy. And so we're so excited to turn it over to him to hear a message from Mark. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd love to jump into Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6 we're going to look at today. Uh, this is an incredible, incredible few verses in the Bible. Let's read it together. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is what it says, Philippians chapter 1. Uh, and we'll actually, we'll start with verse 1. We'll go from verse 1 to verse 6. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. And I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, this is Paul speaking here, every time I think of you, he says, I give thanks to my God for whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, Paul is writing to the Philippians. Um, this is a church that he planted years earlier. And as we see with a lot of Paul's letters, he has this wonderful passion and love for the church people and the churches that he planted. And no matter where Paul goes, no matter what he's doing, no matter what struggles he walks through, there's always this sense of constant worry and concern for the, the children uh, of these churches, these families of churches that he's planted and started. And so he's always talking about praying for them and edifying them, encouraging them and building them up. And, and when we look in these first few chapters uh, of the church at Philippi, we see that, that Paul is reaching out to them because he knows they're going through a bit of a struggle right now. And Paul himself is in prison, but he's reaching out and wants to encourage them and say, hey, hang in there and do a really good job. In fact, when you start to go through the entire book of Philippians, you realize that there's uh, a variety of different themes. And some of those themes kind of show us it's very similar to the world and the culture that we live in today. How do you uh, live as a Christian? How do you live out your faith? How do you glorify and uplift God in a world that tells you everything about God is wrong. A world that lives in the complete opposite, a world that glorifies greed and power and lust. And here, uh, Paul is reaching out to this young church in Philippi and saying, I want you guys to know I'm praying for you because I know you are in the midst of a culture that does just that. How do you live 
as a Christian in a non-Christian world? How do you uh, try to live a life that's pleasing to God, touching hearts and changing lives of the people around you with the gospel message when culture says you're wrong? How do you respond when everyone around you is hostile to your faith? And this is what Paul is realizing is happening in the Philippian church. And so he, he writes this letter to encourage the persecuted Christians in the church in Philippi. If you look back at the history of the Philippian church, you realize why they need so much encouragement. I mean, the truth is, they were going through, as a young church, all sorts of struggles. Paul himself has been put in prison right now because he was preaching the gospel, because he was sharing the good news of Jesus. And so he's reaching out to them from a horrible place in his own life and trying to encourage them. But here he's realizing that the church is under attack from culture, from the uh, religious leaders, from the uh, figures of, of authority that are in the community. They're attacking the church. The church people themselves are, are, are disunified and there's all sorts of false teaching going on and, and the church is being weakened by this teaching and by confusion, by stress. And the reality of it is, is Paul hears about these things and so he reaches out to the Philippian church and he wants to encourage them. He wants to fill them with joy. He wants to love on them and let them know, hey, no matter what you're going through, it might be stress, it might be panic, it might be worry, but God is with you. And so this young church uh, must have felt like everything around them was falling apart. Their leader was gone and in prison. They themselves were in, in, in disorganization and chaos. And it must have felt like the whole world was collapsing and everything that they thought was stable and normal was just falling apart. Now, Paul argues in the beginning of this and says, no matter what you're going through in life, no matter how big an obstacle or a problem or a difficulty, no matter how severe the things are that you're facing, you still have reason to rejoice. And that's one of the themes throughout the Philippians books uh, that you'll see that Paul goes back to over and over again. The fact that no matter how difficult life gets for us at times, we still have reason to rejoice. In fact, I'm going to call my message today that. That's the title of it, Reason to Rejoice. Because I myself, even when reading these verses, was encouraged and touched at Paul's absolute depth of passion when it comes to facing your problems and your challenges head on with a great attitude, an attitude of joy and happiness. And he's telling the Philippian church here, you still have reason to rejoice because of your union with Christ and your citizenship that's found in heaven. Basically, what he's telling them is, hey, I know you're going through some difficult things, but remember this. Face those things with joy. Face those things with a great attitude because you are a child of God. You belong to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. He's your father and he loves you and wants to support you. <laughs> I love it that Paul cares so much about this church that he's planted. I love it that the, the everyday needs and hurts and pains of the people are on his mind as he's in the midst of prison. And he's saying to them, hey, you know what? I'm going through a hard time. I understand you're going through a hard time, but face them with joy because you serve a bigger purpose. You're a child of the king. It's hard to say, be encouraged sometimes when you don't see encouraging results. I know as a pastor for over 31 years, there have been a lot of times where I've met with people, where I've counseled them or sat with them in my office, and they've shared with me their hurts and their pains and their problems. 
And, and I've tried to encourage them on these type of verses where I've tried to say to them, hey, no matter what you're going through, go through it with joy because God is with you. And they would look at me and say, well, Pastor Mark, that's really great to say. Those are nice words, but I'm not seeing encouraging things happen. In fact, I'm running up against a wall. I'm running up against a bigger problem. I'm running up against a bigger hurt and a bigger pain. And I'm not seeing anything that's worth rejoicing about. And I believe that Paul is kind of addressing this issue when he's talking to the Philippian church and saying, you're probably going through all these difficult times. You probably are under stress and panic, but you need to remember that there is a bigger picture at play here. You need to be encouraged, not because of what you're going through, but because of who's walking through that with you. I find that this is true even in my own life. And over years of being a dad and a pastor and a husband, there's a lot of times when I feel like I don't measure up to my own expectations. That I've had goals and I've had plans and I've had desires to achieve things and I've never quite met them. There's been a lot of times in my life when I'm not acting or doing the things that I think I should or know I should and I get frustrated. And I wish I was further along in my spiritual walk or further, uh, further along in, in, in success in my career or, or, or in the adventures or endeavors that I'm doing. And I get angry and I get frustrated because I just don't have either enough talent, enough time. I don't have the abilities that I need. And so I feel like I'm a failure. And I know for a lot of us, there are things that happen like that every day in life. And the Philippian church, we're kind of being, uh, is being, we're getting a little bit of insight here that says from Paul that that's maybe how they're feeling, that they're not doing as well along their spiritual journey as they should. And they're feeling a bit like failures. I know for me, there have been times in my life where when I've hit those low moments and I've thought, God, I just don't have the ability to do this. It's a verse like that first verse that reminds me that I still serve a God who's bigger than me. I love and have a relationship with a God who's bigger than my failures and my problems. And sometimes I'm relying on my own ability to accomplish things when really what I should be doing is relying on God. Verse 6 gives us this incredible, I think, encouragement and challenge. And Paul speaks it with such passion to the Philippians church. This is what it says. It says, the God who has begun a good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished. Paul is reaching out to the Philippians and saying, hey, you may feel like failures. You may feel like things are not going the way you want them to. You may even feel frustrated and overwhelmed. But remember this, God started something great in your midst. He started this church. He started moving in your community. He started igniting a passion in your hearts to follow the teachings of Jesus. And he, even though you may feel a bit frustrated, is not done with you. I look at that verse and it is those words that bring encouragement to me when I'm feeling down. It's those words that bring a, a, a renewed sense of drive and passion to keep on going because I know that even in the midst of my failures, God is still working within me and through me. He's still doing things in my life, in my ministry, in my family, in my job to keep me going in the direction that he wants me to go. Paul's encouraging the Philippians and I believe he's encouraging us today that God has started something. He's working on you. And he's not finished yet, even though sometimes you feel like you might be failing or not accomplishing the goals you want. He hasn't given up on you. 
He isn't frustrated with you messing up all the time or failing. He's with you every step of the way. That is an incredible promise that so many of us need to hold on to today. Many of us do different things in life where we feel like we're failing, where we're messing up, where we're, where we're wrecking our relationships or our walk with God or our business or our career. We're messing up or wrecking our family situations. And we don't realize that God is the one who gives us strength. God is the one who gives us wisdom. God is the one who walks beside us every day in every one of these trials. And it's opportunities for Him to work in our lives, helping us learn and grow. When you make mistakes, you need to remember that God is walking beside you. When you fall short and you feel like you're failing, God is still there with you. And this is the encouragement that we're getting from verse 6. God who started something new hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't walked away from you. In fact, in those times when you feel probably most distant from God, it's not God that's left you, but you who forgot about Him. And Paul is encouraging us saying, hey, he has started something good in you and he's going to see it through. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't be frustrated. Don't just walk away. But instead, be thankful that God hasn't given up on you. He's not done. He's still working. He's still stretching you. He's still helping you grow. Now, I'm not sure today, as we have these kind of virtual times together, all of the problems or the struggles or the things that you might be walking through. I know that if you're watching this today, whether it's at home or your office, in your living room, or maybe you're even sitting in the kitchen having breakfast and having a look at this, I know and you know that I don't fully understand some of the struggles that you might be going through. But I know all of us at times in life walk through different hurts and pains and problems. I don't know what burdens that you might carry this morning. I don't know what temptations or what overwhelming trials might be just lurking around the corner for you to face tomorrow. I don't know how discouraged you might be right now. And even as you're watching this online, I don't know what kind of state of mind you're in or emotion you're in, if you're depressed or sad or just overwhelmed. I know in time that I've had as a pastor, I've encountered so many people who have had health issues and relationship issues financial struggles, ups and downs, family issues, uh, worries about the future. And at times those things can seem so big and so overwhelming that we don't have the ability to deal with them and we just feel like we're failing and we curl up and we just sit and wallow in depression and sadness. Paul's addressing that here. And throughout Philippians, you're going to see a variety of different stories that brings encouragement to us to say that God never leaves you. There are times in your life when it seems that there isn't much to be thankful for or joyful for or happy about. But he's reminding us that in those midst, face them with joy, if you can. Face them with a heart that is thankful because God is still there with you and you aren't on your own. You're not abandoned and you're not left alone. This encouragement comes from Paul, and in fact, when you look throughout the book of Philippians, and you will see this uh, as you start to read it, that he uses the word joy over 20 different times in the whole book of Philippians. It's kind of a pervasive theme that goes through, telling us, reminding us, encouraging us, no matter what you go through, do it joyfully. 
20 different times is a lot of times to say the same word in a variety of books. And, and I guess what it is here is this is one of the probably greatest things for you and I to hold on to. It's a sturdy foundation for us to grab onto and say that as a believer, one of the things that's so important for us to keep a grip of is our joy. I believe that if Paul was here today and could stand in front of you and I and hear some of the problems that we're going through in our culture and our world today, he would remind us this, don't let anything steal your joy from you. Sickness shouldn't rob you of your joy. Financial problems shouldn't steal your joy. Uh, health issues shouldn't steal your joy or rob you of it. Rejection shouldn't take away your joy. Depression, fear should not take away your joy because your joy isn't rooted in these created things. Your joy and my joy is found in the love of God and His Son. The fact that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has made you and I a child of His and loves us and cares for us and walks through us in every situation in life. You see, it's through Him and through that love and through the strength of that love that we can persevere through our trials and difficulties and problems in life. And a lot of the times today in our culture and our world when they say things are getting too tough or this is too big of a problem or, or, or it's an overwhelming situation, you should just walk away from it. Paul's encouraging us to walk into those things with joy because we are a child of God. We have on our side the creator of the universe. There's an incredible story. If I take you back here into the Old Testament for a moment in the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6 verses 12 to 15, tells us the story of Gideon. Now, uh, if you're familiar with the story of Judges or some of the Old Testament stories, you might remember that Gideon has the nickname Mighty Warrior. And that's because God used him to do incredible things. He was ferocious and brave and powerful, and he, he earned this incredible name, Gideon, Mighty Warrior. But here, in chapter 6, he hasn't got that nickname yet. In fact, he's just starting to, uh, let's say, uh, walk out into his ministry. God just begins to call him into doing great things. And so he's just an average guy who hears God's voice. And in verses 12 to 15, we see that um, God comes to him and says, you know, Gideon, I want you to lead the nation of Israel against the Midianites. I want you to take them into battle and I'm going to do great things through you. And what's really interesting here is Gideon, before getting this moniker of mighty warrior, is just an average regular guy who says, wait a minute, God, I, I, how can I save Israel? How can I do this thing? And he says something very interesting in those few verses between 12 and 15. He says, I am the very least of my family. I am the very lowest. In a weak family, I'm the bottom of it. There's no way I can do anything to save Israel against this incredible nation, this powerful nation of the Midianites. And then in the last verse there, in verse 15, God responds back to Gideon. And this is, I think, the key for us to hear. Basically, God looks at him and says, I'm not really expecting you to do this on your own. And the Lord says to him, I will be with you. I will be with you. That sentence and that phrase needs to be something that you and I hang on to every time we face an overwhelming problem. Every time we face a mountain in front of us that's way too big to climb, an obstacle that overwhelms us, scares us, frustrates us, we need to remember that God promises that He will be with us.
Gideon went on to do incredible things for God. He earned that name, Mighty Warrior, because he went into battle and he went into conflict and he went into trials and problems, always knowing that God would be with him. There is a call throughout Philippians from Paul to the Philippian church to persevere no matter what they are facing because God is with them. God empowers them. God strengthens them. God walks beside them and he does the same for you and I. Every day, no matter what we face, it is God that gives us the strength, the boldness, the courage, the endurance to hit those problems head on and face them with joy. Not because we have the ability on our own, but because God is working in us and through us. God began a good work in you and I. And he will be sure to finish it. And that work right now might be stretching you. That work might be helping you grow and it might feel scary at times. But know that God walks you, walks with you every day through those problems that you're facing. I love this ah, incredible emphasis on empowering grace that goes throughout the whole book of Philippians. It's God who works both in us and through us to do his will. That's an incredible lesson for you and I to learn. Sometimes I think what we forget is that our responsibility is to be obedient to God's calling on our life, to face the challenges and the problems and the day-to-day -day things that we need to face. And remember that the outcome is His responsibility. What happens is up to God. All we have to do is follow His calling and remember that He is with us. So today, if I could encourage you in any way as we start this look at Philippians, it's to remember that no matter what you're facing, no matter how big or overwhelming the problem might be, no matter how dark or depressing it might seem, and no matter how alone you might feel, remember this, you are God's child. You're a child of the King of Kings. He saved you by grace and he walks with you every day in every situation. And knowing that today should encourage you and give you reason to rejoice. Can I pray with you this morning? Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we are so grateful for the truth and the promises that are in your word. And God, today I know that there are many folks that are watching online and watching this video that are facing obstacles that seem overwhelming, that are facing problems and trials that are huge and scary. Some of them might have to do with their money situation or their career situation. Or there's broken and hurt relationships, family problems. I don't know today, but I know that you, God, are bigger than every one of those problems. You, God, are still a God who heals and cares about us. You, God, are a God that we can put our trust and our hope and our faith in. And you promise us that you will be with us. And so we don't today face these problems with fear. We don't face these problems with anxiety or stress, but we hold to the truth and the promises of your word. And we walk straight into these things with joy because we're not on our own. It's not on our strength that we accomplish anything. It's not on our knowledge or our ability or our giftings, but instead it's the fact that you work through us to accomplish your will. And I thank you for that today, Jesus. God, I pray that you would make that truth prominent and evident to everyone who's watching this morning. Let them be encouraged today to face head on their problems, their difficulties, their trials with a joy and a confidence that they belong to you. God, thank you today for being our Father 
for loving us, for caring for us, and for walking through our problems with us, giving us strength and encouragement. And I ask this today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you folks. Have an incredible week.